plans things out. Because we couldn't do that on our own. Uh, it's, I never grow tired of hearing how God's Word changes lives. It changes lives if we allow it to. Only if we read it, only if we apply it to our lives, only if we know what it says and understand that it wasn't just applicable for 2,000 or 2,500 or 3,000 years ago, but that it really does apply to us today. Amen? Imagine, if you will, a young man growing up in a Christian home, growing up in a minister's home, his parents later on going to become missionaries. And this young man, he grows and he matures. He's in church every Sunday. He, he goes to a youth group on Wednesday nights when he's in high school. Believes that God has a call in his life, and so he goes on to Bible college. And he graduates. He finds his wife there. He graduates. They go into full-time ministry. And he's in full-time ministry for a number of years. Then he, he feels like he needs to go on for more education. So he goes on and gets his master's and he gets his doctorate because he wants to teach. He wants to educate. He wants to train people. But then something happens. During this time, somewhere, we don't know where, but somewhere something happened and a crisis of faith takes place. He doesn't understand why he's not able to get a teaching position. He doesn't understand why he's, those doors just don't seem to open for him. He doesn't understand why certain things are happening. Why, why is God allowing this to happen in my life? Why isn't he doing this for me? And he starts to dig deeper into spirituality, into faith, to try to discover Whatever it is that's missing in his life, because something is missing. But he doesn't really know what he's looking for. He doesn't seem to be able to find it. I want to show you today from God's Word why we train. Why we train. And that kind of has a double meaning for us. It's it talks about why do we train ourselves, but it also talks about why do we train others. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 13, it says this. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding a promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy statement, a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, 
in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity until I come. Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Paul was writing this letter to Timothy, his son in the faith. Timothy was pastoring a church, and, and Paul wanted to write to him. He wanted to encourage him to, don't give up. Keep doing what I've taught you of what to do. Keep training. Keep training others. Keep growing in your faith. And Paul wants to encourage him to do what he's doing, but please don't make the, under, the mistake of, of believing that this letter was just for Timothy back then. As we've said, it's applicable for our lives today. Amen? And please don't make the mistake that it's just for ministers either. Every person who believes in Jesus as their Lord and Savior has a responsibility to do what Paul was telling Timothy to do. He told him and he, told, and he tells you and I to train ourselves to be godly. We are to train ourselves, we are to train others also how to live this Christian life. How do we live for Jesus and not for ourselves? How do we make this a relationship and not just a religion? Have you ever heard these statements before or maybe something similar? Don't you know that to be a Christian, you have to also follow the law of Moses and, and you have to only eat certain foods or, or all, all, don't forget now, you, you can't go and do certain things like, well, boy, you really can't go to movies or you, you, you can't you know, wear really tight clothes and, and uh, you, you can't use playing cards. We could make a list on and on and on, couldn't we? Or... I don't need to study the Bible. What I know is good enough for me. That's, that's, that's all I need is what I have right now. God doesn't really expect me to read His Word every day, does He? I mean, come on, I'm busy. i got things to do, places to go. That's, that's boring. That's just something pastors need to do. Or how about this? I have my truth. And you have your truth. And our truths are equal. They're the same. And you can keep yours and I'll keep mine and, and don't try to convince me otherwise. Or how about this? I have never heard about Jesus before. I've never heard about him dying on the cross for me. I've never heard that. That is completely new to me. Now, all of these statements have something in common. They all have to do with training in God's Word, the Bible, and applying it to our lives. Whether it is you and I training ourselves or you and I helping others to train in God's Word, it helps us to be in tune with God and His Word, and to understand that it is true and that we should and can apply it to our lives today. That it wasn't or isn't just something for then, but it's something for us now. Many times we as pastors can't explain how to do certain things, like how to study the Bible, 
but we don't always tell you or explain the why. And that's what I hope to do today. One of the reasons why we train is because we need a firm or solid foundation for what we believe to help us to grow spiritually. How are we supposed to become more godly if we do not train ourselves? How are we supposed to know how to live this Christian life if we don't talk or if we don't read God's Word? Because that is our instruction manual. That is what tells us and trains us and teaches us. How can others become more godly if you and I as Christians are not instrumental in helping to train them as well? It's not just for full-time ministers who are called to train and equip people to follow Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become more mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Some pretty powerful words there. I want you to notice something from verses 11 and 12. Yes, Jesus does call people into full-time ministry. He calls apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers. But did you catch what those full-time people are supposed to do? Train and equip all believers. Why do we train? So that all believers can be used by God in acts of service, building the body of Christ, helping everyone to be unified in their faith and knowledge of Jesus. We are to train you how to do ministry. In verses 13 and 14, it continues this why we train idea when it talks about maturing in our faith. If we are not growing and maturing in our faith and in our knowledge of the Bible and what it says and how we can apply it to our lives, it can be very easy for someone to come along and teach something that is wrong, that is contrary to God's Word, that is false. We need to know what the Bible really says so that we are not drawn away from the truth as it says that we are not tossed by every wind of teaching. Because the last line says there are deceitful schemers out there waiting to tell you maybe a little bit of a truth, to catch you, to bring you in, but then they deceive you and you hear a falsehood and you may not understand that it's false if you don't know what is the truth. I wonder how many of us here today are right now thinking of someone that we know who was tossed by some doctrine that they heard, who was drawn away from the truth that they knew and is no longer serving God because of that. This is why it is so important that we be involved in different things like Bible studies, Sunday school, life groups. Hey, which are coming up next week. 
be involved. That's what they're there for. They're there to help us to grow in our faith, to grow in relationships. But we need to be involved in these things so that they can help us to grow, to mature in our faith. But not just our faith, but the the faith of those who are with us. It gives us confidence. And this leads me into my next point. We train so that others can know the truth of God's Word and believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I so appreciate what our brother shared, how these individuals, time after time, they would get a Bible or they would find a Bible and they would start reading it and it changed their life. They understood it was truth. And because of that, they accepted Christ into their lives. Amen? In Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 12, it says this, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those of Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. Just like the story our brother shared, this guy who went to this Bible study and he started hearing things that he didn't understand or he didn't know, they were contrary to what he thought he knew. And because of that, he went and he started reading the Bible for himself and discovered it was truth. Not only did Paul and Silas train others about Jesus, but the people themselves started to train themselves when they studied the Scriptures. When they searched it out to see if it was the truth. And after they trained themselves, they discovered it was. And because of that, because they knew and discovered the truth, they were able to accept Christ into their lives. And I'm glad that it is still the same today. Amen? When we are being trained by someone in God's Word, whether it be a pastor or a teacher or just another fellow Christian, another believer, we need to search out the Scriptures, search out what they're telling us for ourselves so that we can know if it is the truth or not. People have been known to misuse, to abuse, and downright take Scripture out of context to suit their own needs, to suit their, their own desires. And if we are not trained in the Scriptures, if we do not understand what they say, we can be deceived. Deceived and led away from the truth. At the beginning of my message, I used this example. I have my truth and you have your truth and our truths are equal, so just leave me alone and don't try to convince me otherwise. We could spend a lot of time on that subject, but let me just say this, that if we do not train ourselves in God's Word and understand what it says and believe that it is truth, we will not be very successful in training people to understand that two competing truth claims cannot be equal. It is impossible. It is called the law of non-contradiction. Only one thing can be true if they compete with one another. And we must train ourselves to help others know that if their truth is contrary to God's word, then it is not truth. 
St. Augustine of Hippo said this about belief in the Bible. If you believe in the gospel what you like and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel you believe but yourself. I'll say that again. If you believe in the gospel what you like and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel you believe but yourself. And what that tells me is it's, that means it's not truth. It may be what we believe to be truth, but it is not an absolute truth. And I'm afraid that there are many people in our world today who believe this. They, take and they, they pick and they choose what they want to believe from God's Word and throw away what they don't like, not understanding that you can't do that. It is, is, it is either all true or none of it's true. It's an all or nothing. We cannot pick and choose. We train because we need to know and share the truth. Another reason we train, we train because we cannot leave people in the dark or in darkness when we have the light. I have mentioned at different times that I speak at the Worthmore Addictions Clinic here on occasion. And when I do, I, I share what I believe as a Christian. I have about an hour, and I, I have no idea who's going to be there. I have no idea what they believe or don't believe. And that's really not the point. The point is that I come in and I share what I believe as a Christian, what I believe that God's Word says. It is an opportunity for me to train people who may have little or no knowledge of God. I start at the beginning in Genesis, and I work my way through a little bit. I mean, I obviously have to hit the highlights, but I work my way through the Old Testament a little bit and into the New Testament. Why did Jesus have to come? Why did Jesus have to die? And I share with them not just what I believe, but I share this is what the Bible says. Because how many of you understand that sometimes what we believe and what the Bible says is not always the same? For example, one of the questions I ask is this. So what was the name of the tree that Adam and Eve were not supposed to eat from? Now, hopefully everyone in this room knows the answer to that question. But in the many times that I have done this, I've had one person, one person give me the right answer. I usually have to kind of give them hints. <laughs> and eventually we get there. The point is this, they think they know what the Bible says. But unless somebody trains them, unless somebody explains it to them and tells them, they're lost. They're in spiritual darkness. They are simply lacking in knowledge. They are uninformed about truth because they have not been trained in the truth. The last time I spoke at Worthmore, there was a lady sitting kind of off to my left, and she was very attentive. She was listening you know, very well, and, and she seemed to be grasping what I was sharing, but also kind of looking at me quizzically like, I'm not really sure. And at the end of, of my talk, and I, I always invite questions, but at the end of the talk, she, she looked at me and she says, I've never heard that before. I've never heard 
about Jesus dying on the cross for me. And I was glad I was there. I was glad I was able to be there to help her, to train her, if you will, about truth. She said she'd probably been in church twice in her life, and I'm guessing she was probably in her 30s. We're going to experience people like this, and you probably already know you experience people like this every day who have little to no knowledge of God, who have little to no knowledge of His Word, who do not know about truth. And it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility as believers in Christ to train them, to educate them, to inform them about truth. In Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, it says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone, someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. If you and I do not train them in God's Word, if we do not explain to them God's Word, and then how are they going to come to faith in Christ? Yes, it can happen by simply reading the Bible, and we praise God for that. But many times He uses us, doesn't He? We train ourselves so that we can then train others and explain to them what this is about God and the Bible and Jesus Christ in the hopes that they will come to faith in Jesus. We train to remove their lack of understanding, their lack of knowledge. We train so that, we can, so that they can see the light of His truth. Lastly, we train because Jesus did. And he tells, us, he tells us to do the same. In John chapter 14, verses 23 through 26, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus was the master teacher, the master trainer. He knew how to convey a thought, how to get an idea across so that people would understand it. He knew the people that he was speaking to and he knew what they would understand and how they could apply it. And we are to follow his example. We are to follow his command, if you will, to go, like Pastor talked about last week, to go and to share and to tell others. Because if we don't go, how are they supposed to hear? 
if we don't have the courage to speak up in that office place or in that hallway or in that classroom, when the opportunity arises, how else are they going to hear? We are to be obedient to Christ in all things, and one of those things is to train others in the truth, to train ourselves, and then to train them. The young man who grew up in a Christian home, the home of a pastor, the home of a missionary, who went on to Bible college and then received advanced degrees, was troubled. He had training. He had training. But the training was all up here. The training was all in his mind. It wasn't in his heart. He knew what it said, but he didn't apply it to his life. It's not enough just to train, but why do we train? So that we know what the truth is. We know, we know that we know. So that nothing comes along that is just a little bit of truth with a whole lot of lies that deceives us. My friend, because he is my friend, he was searching, but he was searching in the wrong places, for the wrong people, the wrong training, if you will. And somewhere, somehow, like I said, it never became personal to him. It became, or it was, more of a religion than a relationship. I think we all understand what I'm saying there, that we need to know Jesus, not just know about Him. We need to know Him to have that relationship with Him so that when we stand before Him, He says, I know you. Not just that we know Him or about Him. Do you know Jesus, but more importantly, does He know you? Have you been trained to understand that it isn't just about knowledge, but it's about application, it's about relationship? You can have all the knowledge in the world, and it will not get you anywhere with God if you don't apply it to your life, if it doesn't become a part of you, if it doesn't become a non-negotiable, if you will. My friend no longer believes in God. He didn't just leave the church. He didn't just leave the ministry. He left the faith. And the only thing I can think of is because he didn't have that personal relationship. He didn't apply it to his personal life. And that's part of the why we train. Because again, knowledge is great. I'm all about knowledge. But if the knowledge, does us, the knowledge by itself does us no good if we don't apply it and believe it. My friend started lurking, he started searching, and he found things that didn't line up with his original training from his parents, pastors, teachers. 
And instead of questioning this new training, this new information, he chose to question the past information. And now he's in spiritual darkness. I don't want you and I don't want myself to be in that place. May we never find ourselves in a place of spiritual darkness, questioning, wondering, is this truth or not? May we, may we be so strong in our faith, so strong in our understanding, so strong in our knowledge, so strong in our relationship with Christ, that no matter what comes our way, whether it be an experience, whether it be some false teaching, whatever it may be, may we know that we know that we know that God is truth, that God is real, that God loves us, that God is merciful. He is also a God of justice. May we know these things beyond a doubt. This is why we train. We train because we need a firm foundation in the truth. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it so that we can grow in our faith, to grow spiritually, to grow in our relationship with Christ. We train so that others can know the truth of God's Word and believe in Jesus as their own personal Lord and Savior. Not just know about Him, but really know Him. We train because we cannot leave people in spiritual darkness when we have the light. Shame on us if we have the light, we have the truth, we have what people need, and we keep it for ourselves. We cannot do that. And we train so that we can give light and life. We train because Jesus did, and he commanded us to do so as well. How's your training today? Your personal training? Are you reading God's Word? Are you spending time with Him every day so you can build and work on that relationship with Him so that it isn't just head knowledge, but that it's also heart knowledge, that you apply it to your life? Are you studying God's Word to know what it says so that you can grow spiritually grow in that relationship? Are you applying God's word and making your faith your own? Do you know that it is truth? Are you being obedient to the calling that God has placed on your life? Are you telling others about this good news that you have? Are you telling others who are in spiritual darkness about the light of Christ? that is within you. Would you stand with me this morning? Why? Why do we train? These are just a few of the reasons that I hope that you will take with you this morning. We're going to sing this song deeper again. We sang. And as we're singing this, if you are sensing that you just need to come and pray. Maybe it's to strengthen your own faith. Maybe it's to 
give you boldness or courage to do what God is asking you to do, to take that step of faith, to be a, a, a greater witness for Him, whatever it may be. As we sing this song, I want to encourage you to come and pray. I'll be up here. Pastor will be up here. If you want to pray with, have us pray with you, that's fine. We'd love to do that. But I encourage you to spend some time in prayer. I want to pray a prayer of dismissal when, when the song is done. If you want to leave, you're, you're certainly welcome to do so. But I encourage you to really think about this. How am I doing in my training? Am I being obedient? Am I being faithful to what God has called me to do? Lord, we thank you for your word as always. We thank you that it is truth. We thank you that it changes lives, but only if we let it. We cannot simply have knowledge, but we have to have the application as well. And I pray for every person within the sound of my voice that you would help us understand that. Help us, Lord, to apply your word, to know it and apply it to our lives today and help us to share the light with others around us. I thank you, God. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we're going to sing this song. When it's done, you consider yourself dismissed. Let's, let's sing together. I want to know